I almost feel that our one of our speakers tonight needs no introduction, but I think maybe some of you are are not as fully acquainted with her as as I am anticipating. But in any case, I will begin with Nancy Patz, uh, who is a longtime friend of the Goucher College Library and has been involved with Goucher in so many ways. Uh, she is a native Baltimorean, has grew up here, went to school in uh, Baltimore. She attended Goucher College, but she actually graduated from Stanford University. Uh, her illustrations, paintings, drawings, and prints are regularly exhibited in Baltimore museums and galleries, and she lectures widely in schools, conferences, and teachers groups on the art of the picture book. And I know that besides lecturing, she also is engaged with uh, classes here at Goucher. She has worked with at least two different classes, and I'm sure probably many more, uh, in the education department, uh, classes on creating children's books. And I know that besides working with them here on the campus, she also has invited these classes, some of the, the students, to her home. So she's, uh, she's in it <laughs> for, for, for the long haul. Uh, her co-author, collaborator, is Dr. Stuart Shear, who has worked for many years repairing cleft palates and other facial deformities of children in the jungles and towns of Cambodia, China, and Bhutan, as well as in his orthodontist practice here in Baltimore. Uh, we, this is the second, uh, the second uh, iteration of this lecture for today, and I. Second showing, yes. I just wanted to add that originally, this event has been planned for quite some time. It is brought to you uh, through the support of the Friends of the Goucher College Library. And uh, if any of you feel so moved, we appreciate donations, uh, which you can do in the, the room, uh, the little glass room behind the refreshments, as well as you can purchase uh, any, the, the current book, the newest book, or many of her older books and note cards. Um, <clears throat> The other thing I was going to mention, oh, following, this, the, uh, following the talk, both, uh, both the authors will be available for signing any books that you have purchased. So without further ado, I'm going to let them tell you about their wonderful book, which uh, is just being launched today. Thank you. Yeah, don't do that again. Okay. Good. All right, I'm going to do that. We weren't, we weren't all hooked up in the last lecture. Um, what, what? over here or you want me to stay there? I don't care. Okay, I'll stay right um, th uh, Thank you, Barb. And thank you, Goucher librarians, um, Tara Oliveira, the um, head of special collections, had a big hand in getting together. I've just walked by it, getting out from the collection that, that uh, Barbara mentioned, getting out artwork of mine that I haven't seen in a millennium, and, it's, as, and putting it with books lined along the way. That was very darling. These on the wall <clears throat> are uh, samples on this side are samples of original art from this book, and those are press sheets that are up on the wall. Um, I want to thank the, the Goucher team, and I also want to thank the production, the, those of the production team 
that Stuart and I have had for this book. And Paula Bogert, the designer, is here. And thank you, Paula. In the presence of everybody. Uh, Paula has been instrumental in in making sure we had the right number of pages to fit the right number, the, the book size and shape and the type, the, the font, and making it flow through the book the way we wanted. And all, <clears throat> all in all, just being terrific and uh, gifted. Um, so this is the title, The Elephant with a Knot in His Trunk. Now, that's a strange sort of a title. I mean, how does anyone even think of an elephant with a knot in his trunk? And all I can say is that the story begins with Stuart. Can we go to the next slide? Hmm? No. Can we go to the next slide or no? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought we were just up here to have a good time. I also want to tell you that my studio assistant, Sarah Habakot, who is right there, who just could. I'm so glad I mentioned you, Sarah. She, Sarah Habakot put this PowerPoint together, and every time it does something subtle, like move together or move out, that, that, that's all Sarah, and I think it's fabulous. All right, so here are some pictures that Stuart wanted me to show you, and then there's another so, one. Right, so... Let's go back to the other one. Yeah. There. So the so this, story this was, begins with Stuart. Yeah, so um, I'd like to say that this was just Halloween yesterday, but I've aged a little bit. Um, this is a picture of uh, in a remote uh, area of um, Bhutan in the Himalayas, for those of you who hadn't heard of Bhutan. And um, this is inside of one of the houses of a family there. The other pictures are from Ecuador. And I have been volunteering with different organizations for the past 30 years. Um, and it's, it's been a great joy to do that. If you go to the next slide, this is just lecturing. I was developing a program in, um, in Bangladesh uh, at the Pioneer Dental College. And it's a, they don't look that interested, but there's oftentimes <laughs> lang language issues. But the, the point is, is that um, my, a lot of uh, my joy in my life and my work has come from volunteering and, um, and doing these projects. And I also see a lot of cleft lip and palate patients in practice, in private practice. And from the experience with Operation Smile and the cleft lip and palate patients and from the practices here and special needs patients and all kinds of pe people with different disabilities, um, I thought of a book that I wanted to... Uh, a children's book because I thought it would be good for for one of the, some of the kids to have it and for it to talk about the disability and the bullying that came along with it and how they deal with it. So I had written a story and um, excitedly I, I took this story, it didn't have to do with elephants, with people, but I took the story to my friend Aaron Young um, who was a a great guy, an art dealer, um, just a fabulous guy. Anyhow, he introduced me to Nancy, and um, I'm, I called Nancy, and we got together, and um, it's been another great joy in my life. I, I, talking about people to thank, I mean, <laughs> we've had anybody, anybody we've had who, well, she doesn't want me to fuss over her, I know, but she's just a, remar a remarkable uh, a woman. And I, I look around and I want to thank some other people here. You know, um, Lisa, thank you for all your support. 
uh, I love you. And my cousin Mike, who helped with some of the stories in this book, we might just be taking a hike and um, we would go back and forth on things. And Mike's a brilliant guy with a lot of great ideas. And so the book had its genesis from this to an elephant. And uh, what I want to make sure that you, you know is that we try to keep everything actually very uh, true to the reality of what a patient with a disability and a cleft lip, what they have to go through, and what Kofi, the elephant, born with this too, has to go through. And so we'll see this in a little bit, but it's interesting that you can take a character in a picture book, relate it to real life, and have a parallel in the emotional and the functional parts. You'll see that. So there we are. There's another one of you overseas. And while Stuart was in Cambodia and Bhutan and the Philippines and China and so <laughs> forth, I was writing and illustrating my books. Many of them are to be laughed at. Gina Farina is a story of a girl with a mind of her own and a heart that was set on adventure. They have that. They, they have different moods and purposes. And then there's another group of my books that has a Jewish content, um, including uh, who was the woman who wore the hat, which is um, which is uh, um, the result of an experience I had looking at a hat like this in a museum, a Jewish museum in Amsterdam, and wondering who was the woman who had worn that hat. So I've been on my own kind of adventures. And then we met in, I mean, we didn't meet in this picture. We took this picture <laughs> recently. But this is us in the studio. Patrick took the picture. Thank you very much. And this is where my work happens. It's the drafting table in my studio. And the sketches are done there. And the drawings are done there. And the paintings are done there. And what happens is that on the other, on the long wall of the studio, this is how it looked when Stuart and I began. Empty wall. All the other fragments of art up there are from other paintings and stuff. So, empty wall. This is how it looked when we finished. It only took three years. It only took three years. And Stuart and I both would like to hit anybody who co comes up to either one of us and says, you know, my children tell me I tell very good stories, and some weekend when I don't have anything to do, I'm going to do a picture book. <laughs> we want to both hit them. That's the full wall. So how does it begin? Up here, in line with this uh, Kim Chi exhibit that Nancy Magnuson had put up some time ago, were my words that I have always <coughs> believed. First come the words, then come the pictures, but first come the words. So here are the words, and you see nothing is ever in concrete, you know, in concrete. It's, and then there are more words, and the words came before they were even on here, on the paper. They came at Stuart, when Stuart and I had breakfast, and Stuart and I had supper, and Stuart and I had breakfast, lots of, sorry Lisa, lots of breakfast, <laughs> lots of dinners. The, we hash things out, and we, you know how you do. You, you, it, it grows. You take out, you put back. 
Okay, first come the words, and then come the pictures. So this is what's called a storyboard, and you you use very few words on each of the each of those numbers is a page. It stands for a page number, and I put just a few little words like this. Paula, the our designer, did a storyboard, and I went from that and I. On another storyboard, I did just the beginnings of sketches, very, very simple, very light little sketches. Okay, and then come sketches. And one thing that I learned early on in my career is to do those drawings on tracing paper, for anybody who's doing this, not on the regular pages. Because, are you nodding in agreement? <laughs> because to do it on the regular pages means that when you change your mind, you have to either erase it like crazy or cut it out or put another piece of paper on top. However, if you use tracing paper, you just take it up, take up the tape, cut it out, put another piece of paper, of tracing paper. So th this is the wall with just the tracing paper studies on it. Aha, Sarah. Ah, great. <laughs> more, more of same. And the pages have changed, etc., etc. This is called research. When you're an artist and you need to see a picture of what something looks like, hi, Sarah, <laughs> and you want to see a picture of what something looks like, of course there are encyclopedias and of course there are books by the dozens, but now there is Google. You can Google it and you say, I want photographs of African waterfalls. I want Etc. Etc. So this is the corner where all of these are up on the wall, and this is the drawing in uh, in this book of the Italian Renaissance artist Annabella Caracci. Good dear, Annabella wow. Caracci. You, I stole good. the drawing. It's a secret. <laughs> I stole the drawing of Annabelle uh, of the monkey from Annabella Karachi because it was a gorgeous draw. There it is down there. I made mine as close as I could to Annabella So this is research. This is visual research. Okay, and here are a few of the many studies of Kofi until I saw one what he looked like and what the knot in his trunk looked like and what medium I wanted to use. And then we, we begin to put the, the words and the pictures together and make a storybook. You make a dummy. And that little book up there on the top was made by Paula. And, that, and there it is again down there. And I have to tell you that it's this big. It was this big. And what it did was to tell us, and she wrote on each page, what went on each page. The copyright page, the title page, the da-da-da-da. And that's very organized. You need somebody very good to keep it organized. And then you begin to put the words and the pictures together, and it's a, a page. And then you have a dummy. I had many, I must have had five or six dummies, but this is the finished one. You notice it's not the final uh, design of the cover, but it is. And this is the way the wall looked when it finished. And then this is the finished art for the cover before it went to the scanner in Owings Mills. 
to be scanned, and then the scans went to Mount Royal Printing. Steve Brickman, the printer, was here. If, you need, if anybody needs a good printer, Mount Royal Printing on Falls Road. Very good indeed. Very good indeed. Okay, now, what comes next? Yeah. So this is the first page of the story. And the little grandbaby is saying to the older Kofi, Grandpa Kofi, tell me the story about your trunk, Grandpa Kofi. And he says, again? And she says, again. And he says, well. And that's how the that's how the story begins. And there we see long, uh, long ago in the deep greenest part of the jungle, Kofi was born with a knot in his trunk. And that's and, where he was born. And, and this is, you know, equivalent to a patient who's born with a cleft lip and um, or, or, and or a cleft palate. Um, and you see that you can look and see the worry on the faces of the family on, on, on the right side of the screen and on, on, of his father and mother. So Kofi does have protective elements in his life, but he does have this problem. And um, we're going to see the symmetry between Kofi's problem and what happens in real life. And so, you, you, the mother, the mother is supportive all the way. She's a force in this in this book. She tries to help him with the banana to get the bananas and to hold the the the, the uh, grasses. And he can't do any of it. He can't do any of it. He got so mad and angry. And things like I got so mad, sad. I forget. I cried and I ran away to hide. And, but you see his, and it says, his mother found him and wrapped her long, my mother found, it's all first person, my mother found me and wrapped her long, strong trunk around me. So, and I have, I have kids that I treat that have an initial cleft lip repair, but you can't, there are certain things you can't do until certain times. For example, they have to have bone grafts at age usually 9, 10, 11 before certain teeth come in. So before that time, there's certain things that you can and cannot do. So things don't look so well, and they have a hard time functioning. And they may have residual, uh, you know, it's called a fistula, holes in their, in their mouth. So they, 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 the, the, the functionality is um, a problem, and aesthetics is a problem. And they and, get bullied. And they get bullied, too. And, and the other thing that happens is, they, if you think about kids, uh, with these problems, they're oftentimes very nasal because they're because the air escapes, you know, um, through their nose. So um, you'll see the same thing happens to Kofi. And there he gets bullied. He has to st- drink through his mouth the way baby elephants do. But even when he gets older, he has to drink like a baby. And there's Big Ebo and the other elephants, and just calling him names and bullying him. Terribly. Uh, he, so, several pages of bullying, may I say. We're, we're not going to show you the entire book. There's, we're, we're, we didn't want to just come up and, and read the, the entire book, but we thought there were important parts. Kofi's, by this time, he's frustrated, and, but he's independent. A lot of these kids that we treat are uh, 
they're very tough and they're very resilient. And most of them actually have parents or at least one parent that's taking care of them. And, um, you know, they're not, they're not left alone at all. But he, he ventures out and talks to this crocodile. Well, he wouldn't go back to the pond where the elephants were. Right, because he was getting bullied. Yeah. So he's, he's, into, he's on his own. And the crocodile says, you know, I can fix your trunk. Just stretch it out, and I'll, I'll help you get the knot out. And he says, that's, that's not how knots come untied. Mm -hmm. But he's got to make a decision. He's at a critical point. And he makes a decision. And it's a bad one. It's a bad one. We're not going to show you, but it's a. But you'll see. It's a bad one. And his mother, who you see on the upper corner, watching, watching. His mother comes in and really does a job on that crocodile. She hammers his that crocodile so hard with her trunk he had to let go. And then there she is, as empathetic as any mother could be, and she says to him, Kofi. What were you thinking? What were you thinking? And he said, I wanted so much for the knot to be gone. And he said, she said. And the mom says, oh, it says two words. Oh, Kofi. Oh, Kofi. We, we, um, <laughs> we probably had a paragraph before we got it whittled down to two words. And uh, one of the things that Nancy would always say, le that less is more. And... Um, it's sort of like if you watch an actress or an actor, oftentimes if you, you watch them, if there's not a lot of dialogue, you just need to look into their eyes and you'll fill it in in your own brain. She says, oh, Kofi, and it means everything. It's She's sad for her child. Oh, Kofi, she knows she has to act now. She has to help. Mm -hmm. So they, they're at another point. They've got to make another decision to act to, to, so she can help her, her child out. And so off they go to get help. And they go to the doctor deep in the jungle and and we tell about the doctor. Well we had to pick an animal that was going to be the doctor. So to me that was an easy pick. It has to be a monkey. That's probably the, one of the smarter animals. <laughs> Plus there's a there's a quality to a monkey and the characteristics that we we enhanced <laughs> a little bit. Go ahead Nancy. Um, and and we rejected the idea of a human doctor. Human doctor doesn't belong in this world. Um, and then after we decided on the doctor, I found that drawing by Anabolic Karachi. So and then I drew him uh, in in the tracing paper. And uh, I said when Stuart was over one night, supper or breakfast or supper or breakfast, I I said to him. Do you still, did you, do you have one of those round things you wear on your forehead? He said, they don't wear those. That, that's, they don't have those anymore. I said, well, do you have a stethoscope or something? What do you have that I can make him look a little more like a doctor? And Seward said, just put glasses on him. So I just put glasses, there at the kitchen table, I just, on the draw, on the tissue paper, the tracing paper, I put glasses on him. And we knew that was it. That was it. And then later, a friend of mine, came and he said, uh, you have to put a white coat on that doctor, on that monkey. It doesn't look like a doctor. I said, that is the nicest painted monkey you have ever seen. And I am not putting a white coat on him. And he said, well, at least give him a stethoscope. 
So I enlarged, the, I moved the whole picture down so there was space at the bottom, and I Googled and found a nice old-fashioned um, doctor's bag and a stethoscope. And there. But, but hold on, but the, but the drawing has more things in it. First of all, Kofi's leaning back because he's nervous. He's, got he's a, scared. He's, he's nervous, he's scared. And he's got some trepidation looking at this doctor. Actually, I love the way it, it's drawn with the, the trunk up and it mimics how the forest is as well. But more importantly, the two parents are, are in the background. So he has these protective elements there, but they're really not in the frame with him. That's very similar to what happens on almost every Operation Small Trip I've ever been on, where these parents take their kids who can't speak the language of these nurses that are taking them from them, and they hand them over to strangers. And you watch as they disappear down the hallway, go through the doors mm -hmm. of the operating room, and the parents are standing in the back watching. That's exactly what this is. We didn't put the parents... I, I think this has happened sort of almost naturally and organically when, when we looked at the picture again from a lot of our discussions. There was, there was constant discussion back and forth. Nancy would say, what about this or that? And I would say, we, we didn't want any... any um, there was going to be no miracles here. Right. right. It was going to be a reality. But and, the interesting thing is, I didn't know. You, you had this uh, connection between the parents in China where you told me the other night right. they sometimes travel three weeks right. to get to turn their child over right. to a doctor they've never seen. Right. I didn't know any of that. But in the, in the um, drawing before, you see they're going off in the jungle to go to see a special doctor. Well, they can't just disappear. I figured they couldn't, I didn't know Stuart's story, but they couldn't just disappear. They had to be watching. They had to be carefully watching. And then the other night, Stuart made the collection and we were struck by, by that. All right, the doctor improved things, but he did, but it's not perfect. It is not, the trunk is not perfect. And, and that's very much like that's you see, you, when you see people that have repaired cleft lip and palate, you know when you see another person who's had a cleft lip and palate. You can see it. Sometimes you can hear it. Um, I might be able to hear it, but oftentimes you can hear it in a, a bit of a nasal voice. So we didn't want the trunk to, the trunk doesn't have the knot in it anymore, but there's a residual defect. Just, but it has a curl. Right. It has a curl. So. So now he can function better with this, much better than a knot, because he can grab things easier. And he can, instead of squeaking and being nasal, he can taroom, taroom, he can, he can trumpet. I guess and not. he could never do that before. And that's, that's a, a, a very good mimicry of what happens in real life as well. Okay, so he, Kofi finds himself in a really scary situation. He finds that his biggest enemy, his biggest bullying enemy, is caught in a whirlpool. And here, he, he, a, a device of medieval and Renaissance painting is that for somebody in the crowd to look out at the audience and to grab that spectator's eye. And that's what I had in mind, frankly, where Kofi is looking out and saying he needs help, help, in great big letters of Paula's choosing. He needs help, but no, and then very small, but nobody was there. 
we're not going to show you what what happens. I think we do. We, but right? well, this is another important point because he Kofi had a had to make a tough decision before with the with crocodile. with the crocodile, and he made a decision. It wasn't a great decision. He he was desperate. Now he has another decision to make. There's not a desperation involved, but yet he has another decision to make that could uh, dangerous, very dangerous, and he has to decide what he's going to do, like we all do in life. And so, I love this page. We both love this page because here he is wrestling with his conscience. He is. I don't want to call it a meditation. That's too calm. He is just suffering with how to decide what to do. Shall I rescue him? But how can I rescue him with a trunk like mine? What's going to happen? And I know I should. I should. I can't walk away from him. But he's my biggest bully. He'll te he tease me. He'll tease me again, I'm sure. But how can I do it? I really should do it. But I can't do it. Da, da, da. And then in the last one, that very determined look. I use the mirror a lot for this. <laughs> a lot of stuff like that. But I knew I had to do I had to try. I had to try. And this is the first part of his trying to rescue this, this really abominable bully. As, as Stuart said, we're not going to take you page by page, but suffice it to say that at the, at the end, I headed home on the path by the pond where the elephants always had teased me. And that's when I knew I was going to be all right. So th that's what's great about it. I love this picture, even though it's not as dramatic as the others, because he's, he is able to emotionally go and walk right in the area where he, where he left before. And he's able to face, he, he's strong enough now emotionally to be able to do that. And he says, I, I headed home right on the path where they used to tease me. Right. And that's when I knew I was going to be all right. And I am. And so, Tell me the story again, Grandpa So it's able to come full circle now. As you see, he is, you know, with the bent trunk on the, on the right. And there he is. That's <laughs> um, oh, let's leave him up there. In the very beginning, I'm not sure we showed it to you, but in the very beginning, there's a little, this picture on the page is this big. It's this big. And I had him in the center of the page like that. That's when the photograph was taken. But Paula moved him, and you'll see in the book, down to the far corner. And so you see this vast space of emptiness of the double spread with the, this little vignette down in the corner, which I... I love. Any questions about anything we've said or anything you would like us to say? I, I, I have to th Paul, I want to thank you again. I mean, I didn't, well, you know, I, I'm new to this whole thing, so I didn't, I didn't really realize um, just, you know, how, how really brilliant it is to take the letters, put them, they have to be sized properly, the italics, where they fit, how they fit within the drawings. It's, it's another whole art. So thank it you. It was great. Mm -hmm. I, I stare and I look at the picture and I say, Ouch, Gordon, clunky trunk. Right. Right. If I were a child, I'd want to get that feeling. Right. You know, 
Oh, thank One you. little thing to notice as you look through the book, when I laid it out in the dummies, I, I did a block of type, block of type. But you'll notice that what Paula did, and I loved her idea, was to stagger it, to make it as if, as she says, a conversation. But it also moves with the rhythms of the drawing, of the drawings. I, I like that. Don't she staggered them? There's there, there's plenty to, to to know about what to do with the type. Right, like here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and in and in the earlier, I, I tried to repeat that on, on an earlier page so this wouldn't come as such a shock. And so where you'll, you'll see where he's just come from the doctor and he's teaching himself to learn to use his new trunk. I, I use that too. And one of the changes is it's that started out with um, an oval. Because I wanted to to play up the oval that we see in the beginning and the end, and guess what? It was too tight. It was just too tight, so I did away with the oval and just had the greenery. Yeah, Danny. When you go into schools or library systems. Sure, sure. When asked. <laughs> sure. No, I think it's a great teaching. What is very interesting is that. Um, I've read it to, to some groups, of, small groups of children, for, grandchildren, for instance, and so forth. And they pick up all kinds of things by two, I suppose they were five and six, something like that. And, and they talked about um, Kofi's forgiveness when he, that he decided to go rescue his enemy. Forgiveness was not exactly I hadn't thought of that. We hadn't thought of that, but they picked up forgiveness. And at a, at the Greenmount School, I go there pretty regularly, and boy, they they nailed it. They and all with all kinds of ideas. So I, I've done a little, but working from the dummy. But now that we have a book, and um, I've been asked to talk to uh, some disabled groups and so forth. Any other questions? Well, get something to eat and something to drink, and we'll sign any books you want. Thank, thank you. Thank you. I want to thank everybody much. for coming.